3: Hello everyone and welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Better than before on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for being with us. And now, as always, my partner in Daredevil Athletic Pursuits, my producer, Lori Houston. Hi, Lori. <laughs> Hi, Jane. Well, I have another little surprise for you. Oh, yay. Oh, yes, yes. Remember last week I tried to entice you into competing in the Iditarod dog sled race with me? Oh, I do, yes. Right. And I had a hard time trying to persuade you to be my mushing partner. Uh, well, you know. Yeah, I know. You're a little <laughs> It's something iffy. about
1: Alaska in the winter. I don't know.
3: Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> my, well, but... Uh, This is a surprise. I just got word today that the winner of last year's event, and probably this year's event, he will obviously be tying with us for first place. He will be on the show. So maybe he can convince you to come. (laughs) Yeah. Could happen. (laughs) I had to bring in the I had to bring in the big guns here, so um <laughs> if not, we're gonna have to go back to my fallback sport which is the Red Bull Cliff Diving Championships. And right. they are at some place warm, so you might prefer to do that. Even you though know, we do have to wear a wetsuit. I really would actually prefer that. Okay. Okay. So, When I find out where they're going to be, I'll let you know. (laughs) Perfect. So so stay tuned for that. However, no matter what sport we undertake, Lori, we must be well-rested. So today's show is all about sleep. And that's what we call in journalism a segue. (laughs) So, um, and we just don't sleep enough. And according to a new documentary by National Geographic called Sleepless in America, the lack of sleep is more than a nuisance. It's really bad for our health. And most Americans are chronically tired Uh, Half of Americans don't get the recommended eight hours of sleep, and 70% of teenagers, surprisingly, don't get the 9.25 hours they need. And the documentary blames lack of sleep for some cases of diabetes, mental illness, cancers, Alzheimer's, and sleeplessness is also responsible for car crashes, medical accidents, lack of productivity when we're awake. So it's a very, very serious issue. Uh, And this show is devoted to how we can all sleep better. Uh, on the show today, I'll be speaking with Dr. Param Dedia. He's Canyon Ranch's sleep expert, and Canyon Ranch, as you know, Lori has been on the show uh, many times. It's one of my favorite health and fitness retreats. It's based in Tucson, Arizona, Lenox, Mass. And Dr. Dedia, he specializes in sleep testing to determine the root. Cause of sleep disorders, and then works out works out a plan uh, to help every individual sleep better. Um, and we'll also be speaking with uh, we'll be speaking with him shortly, as well as Jennifer Cohen. She's a leading fitness authority who's been featured on the Today Show, the Doctors, Doctor Oz, just to name a few. Um, and she's also she appears twice in one year on the cover of Runner's World magazine, and that's like two more times than I have been and you too lord <laughs> we're not we haven't been on the cover yet that's something we should strive for right oh yeah and she'll uh, she'll tell us also about the importance of being uh, of, of sleep on being fit so we'll meet both jennifer and the doctor after their breaks but first i'm very delighted to welcome to the show Micah risk she is a renowned nutritionist she has worked for the world health organization she has led youth nutrition programs all over boston massachusetts has her own home delivery program for affordable nutritious Vegan meals, um, and I would. I'm very, very happy to welcome her to the show. Welcome! Thank you so much for being with us, Micah. Thanks for having me. Um, now, tell us why is why do you think sleep is so important? Well, that's been a pretty big
1: mystery for a long excuse me for a long time with many different theories. But uh, one thing we know for certain is that sleep is important for cognitive function and overall health. Some studies have found that getting the proper amount of sleep actually adds years to our life. Uh, There's one important theory that sleep provides our body with the opportunity to restore and rejuvenate. Certain functions like muscle growth, tissue repair, growth hormone release, they happen mostly or entirely during our sleep. And it's also extremely important for cognitive cognitive development and performance, like consolidating memories. And we know, uh, like you mentioned, that the absence of sleep increases the risk for so many dangerous chronic conditions, uh, heart disease, obesity, insulin resistance, chronic inflammation, a suppressed immune system, list goes on. Uh, and, And we know this for certain, sleep is essential for cognitive function and daily performance in all areas of our lives.
3: We are truly our our best selves when we sleep well. That's so true. Now, do you find that people who come to you for nutrition advice are generally sleep-deprived as well?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, Many of the people who come to Lighter, they want help losing weight or they have a specific uh, discomfort or ailment they're hoping to address through diet or they want to learn how to eat more sustainably for long-term health. And we're able to help them achieve all of those goals. But I start by looking at what they eat every day And I can't go too far before asking them about their exercise habits, their stress, and their sleeping patterns because they're all interconnected. Mm -hmm. And you can't achieve long-term health if if one of these is left behind. Sleep restriction can actually interfere with nutrition-related goals. So it's important to address
3: them. Yeah. Now, when they come to you, do you suggest particular food that uh, they should add to their diet for, for better sleep?
1: Well, First of all, nothing beats a well-rounded diet that meets our nutrition and caloric needs. Uh, And going to bed hungry or too full or even specific nutrient deficiencies can cause or interfere with uh, mood, uh, cognitive function, like I said before, and sleep. There was one study that came out of the University of Pennsylvania that found some really interesting relationships between specific nutrients and sleep. Uh, Poor sleep was associated with a low intake of water, lycopene, which is a nutrient found in red and orange foods, vitamin C, uh, uh, which is an important antioxidant found in things like papaya, bell peppers, broccoli, and, and other colorful fruits and vegetables. Uh, poor sleep was also found to be associated with a low intake of selenium, which is a mineral found in nuts, and then longer sleep, was associated with a low consumption of nutrients found uh, in things like chocolate and tea and then lots of saturated fat, alcohol, and choline, which is a nutrient found in eggs and meat. Those were associated, lower consumption of those were associated with
3: longer sleep. Well, that's interesting because, you know, when you go to bed, you have a heavy meal, you, you, it's hard to fall asleep, and then you wake up and, and you're, I mean you have indigestion and you have heartburn and you really don't feel well. It keeps you awake during the night as well. Um, so how, um, I mean what should you eat before you go to bed that will make you sleep through the night? Is there anything like a, a lighter meal for dinner? Is that something you suggest?
1: Yeah, yeah, smaller meals, you know, you don't want to be hungry, but you don't want to be too stuffed either. Uh, I would say avoid caffeine and alcohol. Those are my number one and number two no-goes before dinner because those can both disrupt restful sleep or just delay sleep. And then a lighter meal, taking um, out any like really spicy ingredients because those can lead to like heartburn and, and discomfort with, with the digestion.
3: Right. Now, you know, a lot of people think if they have um, a glass of wine before they go to bed or some cognac or something that, that it will help them sleep. But I find or, I, you know, I've also heard that, you know, people wake up uh, in the middle of the night. It's not a really complete sleep when you have that alcohol to put you to sleep. Do you find that as well, that that doesn't, it works the opposite way it's supposed to?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And studies have found that alcohol can disrupt the sleep, sleep patterns through the night.
3: Right. Now, there, are there things that you, herbal teas or remedies that you recommend before you go to bed that would help? I know a lot of the, even the mass market uh, drugstores, they have melatonin and valerian and, you know, things that, not, non-narcotic sleeping pills that, that people mm-hmm. have been looking into. Do you mm-hmm. recommend those?
1: Uh, well, personally, I'm a big fan of really simple things. Uh, I, I like a small glass of water before I go to bed, something that will keep me hydrated through the night but won't make me get up in the middle of the night to run to the bathroom. But what I think is really important for people is uh, is routine, having a familiar routine every night before you go to bed that will start signaling to your brain that it's time to start winding down. And ideally, this routine doesn't include uh, email
3: or Facebook or anything electronic. You're very pure. Lori's pure, too. A small glass. Did you hear that, Lori? A very small glass of water before you go to bed. (laughs) I have friends who have like a whole bottle of wine, and then they wonder why they can't sleep, right? Um, You know, speaking of Valerian, I just want to add something here. I was in Bed Bath & Beyond just last week, and I happened to find a product called Counting Sheep Coffee, which I thought was interesting because most people obviously don't associate coffee with sleep. You know, my husband can sleep in a dunking booth, um, but I can't sleep in the tranquility room of the spa. So obviously coffee is out. But, you know, I did a little research on this product, and it's been all over the news here. They've been in the, but, and also in the Boston Globe, the Today Show, NPR's Marketplace, the, the Daily News here, and even on Dragon's Den, which is Canada's version of Shark Tank, Laurie. Um, apparently its founder, whose name is d Jessup, he discovered that putting two blends, and that's valerian root, Uh, two beds of valerian root, one is lights out for sleep and 40 winks for rest and and relaxation. It did the trick and that and the fact that it's um, naturally decaffeinated, 99% Uh, decaffeinated by a Swiss water process, which is how all of us should look for decaffeinated coffee, if if naturally decaffeinated. Um, So you can finally uh, drink coffee after dinner and and go to sleep. And you might want to check that out at CountingSheepCoffee.com, which I thought was really interesting. Anyway, so, Micah, back to you. Um, Now... Mm -hmm. Uh, what are some tips that, uh, in terms of what people keep in mind every day to have, to have better sleep, are there some mantras that they should uh, uh, repeat to themselves, you know, tonight I will sleep well, and, and, and do you believe in the mental, as you, you had mentioned before that you do, but anything mentally that we should keep in mind during the day that will relax us at night?
1: Yeah, like I said before, routine is really important, especially if you have kids. I have a, a five-year-old who never tires, um, and oh, yes. routine and, and rituals are so important. And, you know, if, if your kids get a good night's sleep, it's it's going to increase the probability that you're going to have a good night's sleep. So uh, routine and rituals are really important. Having structure and boundaries around, around nighttime is, is really helpful mentally and emotionally. Uh, And and then there's some other rules that I I like to live by. So getting a healthy dinner that's filling but not too filling, being hydrated but not too hydrated, and then getting exercise every day, which I'm sure you'll talk about a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But uh, doing those can reduce the amount of time it takes to fall asleep and can lead to a more restful and uninterrupted slumber.
3: Those are great tips. And actually, my son has my little granddaughters. I have four-year-old identical twin girls. And Mm -hmm. They never sleep. I mean, literally never sleep. So I'm going to call you off air. and We can discuss <laughs> what, what they're doing. And I know that sometimes when they have sugar, obviously, before they go to bed, that's something that they, they tend to get much wilder. But, you know, there's, there's got to be something that they can uh, do to sleep. So I will, I will be speaking with you. <laughs> but in the meantime, where can everybody find you?
1: Um, well, I, I'm found through Lighter Culture. I'm the director of nourishment over at Lighter, uh, and our website's lighterculture.com. And I know that developing routine, like you're saying, and, and new making new eating habits, it can be really challenging. And uh, it's really my life's work to make this easy for people, and and that's what drives our work at Lighter. So I'm always available for questions, and I'm happy to chat with you
3: more after the show. Terrific. Well, I'll I'll be the first question. And Lori Lori sleeps well, so she doesn't really have questions for you. <laughs> right, Lori? <Laurie? laughs> right. She's she's a very good sleeper. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll be talking to fitness guru, Jennifer Cohen, who will be talking about getting sleep for optimal health and fitness. So stay with us. You're listening to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show
2: on iHeart Radio Talk. After this quick break, we'll be back. This portion of the Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts. Express Scripts oversees 1.4 billion pharmacy claims each year. On behalf of employers, health plans, unions, and government health programs, Express Scripts works to make the use of prescription drugs safer and more affordable for the 100 million Americans they serve. Understanding that better decisions lead to healthier outcomes Express Scripts helps patients make the best drug choices and health choices possible. Their disease-specific pharmacists are here to help you better understand your prescribed therapy, lower your overall health care costs, and, ultimately, stay on the path to better health. For more information, visit ExpressScripts.com. Want to know where you can hear Jane Wilkins Michael's show better than before? Well, that's easy. You can tune into Jane via Clear Channel's iHeart Radio, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and at bmajor.org. Now back to Jane Wilkins Michael and better than before.
3: Welcome back, everyone. We are on the air live. You are listening to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show, better than before, on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm here with my mushing partner Laurie Houston, and now I want to introduce you all to Jennifer Cohen. As I said in the intro, she's a leading fitness authority. She's featured on the national tell. She has been featured on national television shows such as The Today Show, The Doctors, and Dr. Oz, to name a few. I put her as twice on the cover of Runner's World. That was my first guest, Micah Rusk, but Jennifer. Um, that's something that, you know, we can, it's, it's still two more times that I've never been on runner's world, but Jennifer is the author of No Gym Required and recently launched her new book, Strong is the New Skinny, which explores her view of how a fit life led to success in other areas of her life. Her mantra is small successes lead to big changes, which is our mantra, better than before too. small steps. Don't do anything too much. Otherwise you'll be overwhelmed and you won't do anything at all. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, hi. Thank you for having me. Now, we just talked about the importance of good diet to get sleep. Now, let's talk about exercise. Um, should you make a point to make sleep a big part of your workout plan?
0: Oh, 100%. I think, I think uh, sleep is the, uh, one major component of any true healthy fit lifestyle and fitness regimen. Um, without proper sleep, everything else kind of falls through the window, actually, out the window.
3: Right. And, you know, I know someone who almost fell off her bike in spin class because she was so exhausted. And that's why I never take spin classes. <laughs> just, just so, well, just so you, you know,
0: know, luckily it's not a moving bike, so you'll you could, you're, you're probably be okay. But um, really, when it comes to sleep, you know, people said, you know, a lot of times, and I write about this all the time and just in my columns overall, but, you know, if you think, like, for example, oh, I'll just wash that extra, You know, episode on Netflix or I'm going to work another hour. The truth is it's actually being more, you're being more detrimental to your overall health than you actually think because once your sleep is off, all your biorhythms are off and then you end up eating more. You end up producing um, a, a, something called gre- uh, ghrelin, which triggers cravings for sugar and other fat-building foods. So you're actually counteracting any kind of fitness regimen or health regimen, diet regimen that you are probably trying to, as your goal. So I actually, people underestimate sometimes the effect that proper sleep, good sleep have on your, on your weight, on your diet, on your overall well-being
3: right and and you see a difference in a person's ability to lose weight right or stay fit if if they haven't if they haven't slept enough that it, it makes a huge difference in how they lose oh. weight
2: yeah oh
0: yeah because it, it alters your hormone production So, you know, your cortisol level, which is like your stress hormone, um, becomes much more increased and you have a lot of um, insulin uh, sensitivity, which makes you hold on to belly fat more, which, like I said, you lose your inhibitions with when it comes to like what you eat. So really, you you eat usually 40% more calories than you typically would have otherwise. So like I said, sleep is really important. I would say everyone has a different amount of sleep that they need, but really try to try to aim for six or seven hours of sleep if you can.
3: Right. A minimum, right? Yeah, Uh, minimum. Now you're a mom, right? And you're currently pregnant. Did I get this right? I already put you. Yeah, on the cover. you're right. Okay, good. I've already put you on the runner cover of Runner's World twice, and, and that wasn't you. <laughs> that wasn't me, but that's okay. Yeah, uh, I have no
0: problem right. doing that. Uh, if, you, if, uh, you know, that's no problem. But, but, but yeah, I have a I have a two year old who's who turned two today, actually, and I'm I'm currently almost eight months, seven and a half months pregnant right now.
3: Oh wow! So you have you're a lot going on with you, huh? I sure do. Um, and, and I know you know when you 're a first time parent I mentioned it to our my for our first guests that um when you 're a especially when you 're a new parent, you never ever get any sleep i mean that 's just that comes with the territory and yeah, I remember when my eldest son was a newborn I used to rush him like to the pediatrician when his temperature reached like ninety eight point seven yeah <laughs> four years later with my second, you know, as a more experienced mother and it was only when right. it got to be like over a hundred. Uh, so there was a little bit of sleep there. And then by the time I had my third, six years later, um, you know, I wasn't upset when her temperature got to 102 because I know that a healthy child tends to fever high to, you know, fight infection. So I just gave her a dose of liquid Tylenol, stuck her in the bed with us and we all went to sleep. So, <laughs> <laughs> And she's still she's still That's exactly very alive. true
0: how that happens. You become much more like... Like laissez faire as you get more, have, have more and more kids, it seems, from my friends anyway.
3: Oh, yes, for sure. So, But how do parents with young kids, I mean, do you, you know, should should you exercise? I mean, what should you do before you go to sleep? Like run around, have them run around? I mean, how do you tire them out? To yeah, just... you know, that's a good question.
0: You know, I, I deal with that every single day. My two year old, he's a boy, and he is one of the most active children, not just from what I see, but from other people who have kids. I mean, this kid is climbing literally the walls um and so you know really i try to tire him out twice a day i take him to a park in the morning i take him later on in the day make him walk i mean i'm a big proponent of of you know even if even if you are going to sleep at whatever time exercising at any any time of the day even before you go to bed is a good thing just to let out all your energy you know um that's i mean that's what i that's what I suggest for kids, especially you know uh, and adults actually, but you know I think that the more you run around, the more exhausted you feel, the more like spent you are and it like it also like releases a lot of adrenaline that helps you
3: sleep right now you know you mentioned a certain amount of hours to sleep i i think i mean is it do you need uh, if you it, how many hours, uh, I always hear eight hours, and you mentioned a little bit less, but uh, is it eight hours, and if you sleep more, it's not good, or if you sleep less, it's not good? I mean, is it, uh, what What do you think that the, a really good night's sleep should be for the average person? I, I think you
0: know, seven hours is a good amount, but there are, there, there's, there's exceptions to every rule, as you know, and, you know, that's a general statement. There are people I know who are very functional And who only need four or five hours of sleep. That's what their body biorhythms crave. The majority of people, though, I think need seven, at least seven hours of sleep. I know with myself, if I'm not sleeping at least seven hours, I feel off. I feel like a little bit tired than that. I mean, I may not, I may not be, uh, I may not be completely not functioning, but I don't feel at my best. Now, you're right. If you sleep too much, then, you ha- you tend to be groggy, so I think seven hours is a good benchmark to try to, to try to get.
3: Right? Do you think the sleep before twelve counts? Because someone said that that is that an old wives' tale that if you go to sleep before midnight, I, I think it's so. Better? I do believe that. I do
0: believe that. I think it's very important to anybody to have a routine. I think regimen and routine save save you every time. So having a proper sleep regimen, for example, if you if you if you go to sleep the same time approximately every night, that, that enhances your chances of having a good, restful sleep, sleeping well, sleeping, you know what I mean, like every night 1030, between 10, 30 and 11, and then having a routine with it. So everybody's routine is different. Some people say, I want to read a chapter of my book before I go to sleep. I want to have a bath. I want to listen to, you know, some quiet music. Having something that is kind of like what you're expecting always helps, always helps.
3: Right, and, and someone had told me too, which I think is a good point, that if you write down all, you keep a pad by the bed, and before you go to sleep you just write down everything that stresses you so you don't focus on it. Because you know when you wake up at 4 in the morning that's exactly what you're going to focus on, and you know then you can't go back to sleep. So if you get it all out of the way, sometimes it's easier, then you feel I'm not forgetting anything. I'm not forgetting any of the horror that I have to remember the next day.
0: Right, right, right. right. No, I mean, listen, that can work for some people. Some type, Some people would say the opposite. They don't want to be reminded, right, off the top of it, you know, right out before they go to sleep of all the things they have to do, all the tasks. So then maybe, you know, not putting that top of mind because then you focus on it more. But everybody, like I said, is different. It really becomes a trial and error. But having some type of routine in place where you know what's going to happen every night, like going to bed at a certain time, having, like I said, the bath or the book or the music or having a dark room. One thing I definitely I definitely recommend, and I, I write, I could talk about this a bunch, is having zero Zero electronics. Don't be on your iPad. Don't be on your phone for a good 45 minutes before you go to sleep. Turn the clock away from you so you don't have that bright light even facing you when you're trying to sleep. Things like that make a big difference because that just stimulates your brain.
3: Right, and the blue light from some of the the computers and all the you think they're off, but they have those lights that still, uh, you know, they're they're on at night, which which really can, as you said, it can stimulate. Um, last night, I thought I would turned my phone off, but for some reason, I had it on vibrate. So every time I got an email, I heard like you heard bzz. it, yeah. And I'm thinking, what what's going on? Why am I hearing this buzz in the middle of the night? I thought I was going out of my mind, but it was the phone <laughs> that I had forgotten to turn off. So let's briefly talk about yoga and stretches, or something like a yoga move before you go to bed. Um, is that relaxing? Would that make it, you sleepy or deep breathing or any of those? You know, I, I,
0: they, I I'm not really I, I'm not going to say it is a particular yoga move. I will say though that practicing or kind of being cognizant of your breathing and doing certain breathing techniques before you go to sleep can be very relaxing like such as just simple meditation, You know, being still uh, trying to be still for like two or three minutes and being conscientious of your breathing, inhaling and exhaling it can be very soothing and um, helpful for some people other people actually a lot of studies have proven recently that aerobic exercise is much more uh, helpful for people to end up sleeping at late at night like going on a stationary bike going for a brisk walk running on a walking on a, or running on a treadmill um, is way more effective you know it, it, the reality is it's, it really is it really does become a trial and error because everybody's biorhythms everybody's body is so different that some people, it gets them more anxious to, t- to try to breathe and do the breathing techniques and the yoga. if, not, if That's not the kind of personality type they have, right? So right, it really right. is like something where you have to try that. and if You know yourself well enough to know, like if that's going to be something for you. Personally, like for me, if I were to do yoga before I go to sleep, I mean, I, I think it could be calming and relaxing, but really I know if I went for a brisk walk, that's much more soothing for my personality type.
3: Right, so it's whatever, whatever works for you, and and try, try a variety of them until you find. Try out. a variety so of things, yeah. Right.
0: Like I never want to ever pigeonhole anybody into one particular thing because then they feel anxious and overwhelmed if it's not working for them. They're like, well, "What's wrong?" and it gives them even more stress. Right. So you say, you know, here are a, here in in this in this pot, there's a few things that have been shown to work for for people. It's either this, it could be that, or it could be that. And then you'll see what works for you.
3: Yeah, well, that's good advice. Now, where can people find your book?
0: Everywhere. It can be on Amazon, Strong as a New Skinny. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble. Any, you know, any major retailer, Amazon, like I said, Barnes & Noble. Um, in Canada, it's at Indigo, Chapters, wherever you, buy, where, wherever you like to buy your, your books is basically where you can find it.
3: Terrific. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. Okay, thank you for having me. We loved having you, and stay with us, everyone. I'm going to take a quick nap, and when we return, <laughs> <we'll> be, <laughs> we will be talking more about sleep with Dr. Param Dedia from the Canyon Ranch. You're listening to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. Stay with us; we'll be back.
2: Want to know where you can hear Jane Wilkins Michael Show better than before? Well, that's easy. You can tune in to Jane via Clear Channel's iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio itunes and at bmajor.org now back to jane wilkins michael and better than before
3: welcome back everyone we are on the air live you're listening to the jane wilkins michael show better than before on iheart radio talk i'm here with Lori, and now it is my great pleasure to welcome to the show dr param dedia he is a renowned physician his weight loss program. He is the weight loss program leader at the Canyon Ranch in Tucson, Arizona, one of my all-time favorite health resorts. In fact, Dr. Deddy, a champion, championed the relaunch of the weight loss program at the Life Enhancement Center at Canyon Ranch. He specializes in integrative medicine, executive health, weight loss, longevity, mind and body medicine. Diabetes, joint health, and sleep medicine, and we can all use one. Uh, we can all use help in one, if not all of those. Doctor, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being with us.
4: Jane, thank you
3: so much. Thank you. See, Laurie, how relaxing his voice is. I'm already about to go to sleep. <laughs> <I know you're laughs> that, thank goodness, our topic is sleep today, right? Um, well. Now, you know, we talked a little bit um, on the long term issues that sleep deprivation and poor sleep can cause, and how. Uh, a better night's sleep can help just in your overall health. Now, why has sleep become such a big topic today? It seems like everyone's talking about it or, or lack of it.
4: Jane, I mean, that's a fun question to answer. You know, back in medical school about 20 years ago, I was given an optional chapter to read and I was never tested on this topic. But It's part of mother's medicine, right? Let's get out and play, make sure we eat our vegetables and get a good night's sleep. It really comes down to the fact that it's been studied for a long time. But when it started getting connected to some of the major illnesses and diseases, and the most famous one, heart disease, that's when it really became the big topic and became part of formal medicine.
3: Yeah, I mean, heart disease, it's its interesting. Now, how does it all relate? How does our health relate to, to sleeping?
4: Uh, sleep does so many wonderful, lovely things for us from head to toe, and it really is something that once we can start appreciating all the little things it does. Let me give you just a handful of things that sleep does when we think we are doing nothing. It basically restores the body. Really important. A lot of the chemical balance in our body, the electricity of our body needs to be balanced. What do we feel like doing when we have the fever of the flu? We feel like sleeping. It's an anti-inflammatory, an antioxidant. Sleep is also about the brain. It helps us rewire the brain. It actually really helps us cough up those emotions and kind of get those out in our dreams. And also really important for memory. So without sleep, all those little things do not get balanced, and you can just start to begin to imagine how that affects us just as nutrition and exercise can.
3: Right, and then, and I'm sure in your office you see lots and lots of sleep issues. Now, what are some of those that you, uh, you see on a day-to-day basis with your patients? Uh,
4: yes, yes, and it's growing. More and more people, once they hear that I like to talk about sleep, they seemingly um, come and talk to me even more. The big one is insomnia. Getting to sleep, staying asleep, waking up and feeling like you can live your best day. That's probably the biggest one out there, that which goes along with daytime sleepiness. And the one that people are hearing more and more about is, you know, snoring isn't just snoring. Sometimes they come in because they're disturbing their bed partner. Other times they're hearing like, wait, it might mean I'm not breathing well. So those are probably what brings people in most often.
3: Right. I have a friend whose husband, she, he said, sm- uh, snores like a warthog. And she tried everything. She tried earplugs and nothing works. And that really, really is uh, it very you know, disturbing to your night's sleep if someone next to you is constantly snoring. And you don't know, you, know, you can't really put a pillow over his head, but <laughs> still. you know, yes, it's. We although, them. Yes, we, we discourage that, right? Um, so now what do we do about some of that? I mean, what, what would you do about snoring?
4: Yes, I mean, it brings up two great points, the person who's snoring and also the person next to them. The first and foremost is snoring. Now, is all snoring a concern? Well, indeed, from an individual standpoint, when somebody snores, it may or may not mean that our airways are not open. Now, why do we all of a sudden get so technical and talk about airway? Three words that you might have heard if you went through a CPR class is airway, breathing, circulation. We don't have an open airway. We don't breathe well. We don't circulate oxygen. So the big conversation is, does snoring indicate a concern? If I had a perfect world, I would test everybody who snores. About 60-plus percent of them do not breathe well at night, and that starts to challenge, again, the heart, but overall health and healing from what occurs during sleep.
3: All right. So, how do you, so what do you I mean, to breathe uh, better?
4: So, yeah, yeah. So let's think about that as we get deeper into that um, next step. So first and foremost, I wish I could just talk to someone and be able to say, yes, you have this thing called sleep apnea or not. Now, this funny word, apnea, A means without, P means breath, so it means without breath. But basically, it's 10 seconds or longer that the airway is collapsing. Now, some people can hear it. Sometimes you can't hear it, and that's what makes it so darn tough. So everything starts in medicine with a good diagnosis. And what we look at is look at the back of someone's throat, look in their nose, kind of get an idea of what bed partners are hearing. More and more, I'm having people record themselves at night. There's actually some applications I've had people use and start playing it in front of me so I get a chance to hear what it looks, looks like and, excuse me, what it sounds like. And then from there, frankly, we need to do some testing. So there famously is going into hospitals or outpatient clinics and doing some sleep testing, but the world has gotten so much more um, slick, and now that we can do some pretty good home sleep tests as well. So better ways of really knowing is it there, and then if it is there, how much of it is up there? And then we can make a decision of what to do.
3: Now when you have sleep apnea, don't you wake up and you can't breathe. I mean, can you have it and not know it? And you just yeah. like die in your sleep. I'm a big hypochondriac. Now I'm gonna be afraid. Oh, I'm not no, gonna wanna no. sleep. So I can know, you Lord have it and
4: not sleep? Yeah, so here it is. Some people know it. No, it's a Hollywood version of it, right? And I wish not to make fun of anybody. And so, that person is snores such as
3: The Warthog. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then you'll pause, pause, and 10 seconds later, a gasp, a choke, right? The guy on the uh, airplane next to you that disturbs himself and, you know, kind of startles himself. If I had to wait for everyone who sounded like that or was told that to come and see me, Jane, I would probably wouldn't do very much of this conversation. The truth of the matter is it can be subtle. There's a cousin of apnea called hypopnea, hypopenia in other words, so shallow breathing, And I'd say that's probably more common than the complete collapsing. So it's a partial collapse of the airway. Again, getting back into that technical conversation. So here it is. If you don't have a nice tunnel of air coming into those lungs and helping oxygenate the body, and if we have to work harder at night, that means we're not getting all the benefits from sleep. So the big concern is how do we get the testing out there? Well, that's the reason why home sleep testing really has taken off to the next level. And if everybody says, well, can I just get an app for that? (laughs) Again, we can find things that are suggestive. But, boy, we're waiting for the person to develop that app to, to tell us if they have this apnea or this cousin hypopnea.
3: Right. So uh, there are things like Breathe Right you can put on your nose to open up the airwaves. I mean, is that if, if you do have that or if somebody tells you, you know, you woke up and you were gasping and, and you're kind of half asleep, you don't even know, what are some of the things that we can uh, yeah. do ourselves?
4: Yeah. Well, let me say, as you're bringing this up, I'm smiling. I wish you could um, see me. Um, but the conversation is this. What you and I would want to know is that we first have to categorize that of our sleep challenge, such as apnea. If it's severe, moderate, or mild, what do we know? Five times or less per hour if we're not taking our best breath, that's considered optimal. Nobody's a perfect breather. We don't need to think about the word perfection. But if it's mild, you know, we designate that as five to 15 times an hour. What we can find is that we want to take a further look. Is it these long arousals, 10 seconds or longer? Or are they shorter arousals, less than 10 seconds? So and when I say arousals, things I just kind of bump up against our sleep. And indeed, what I love to do is look in somebody's nose and just have them tell me about you know, allergies, stuffiness, post-nasal drip at night. And then three things that I'd love to think about. One is salt water rinsing up the nose just before bed. People often grimace when I say that. But those neti pots of the world.
3: The be, neti right? pot, right.
4: Yes, Absolutely. And the other one, you did it, breathe right strips. Many people can put their fingers right next to the bridge of their nose and kind of pull it apart toward their ears. And I have a number of people that will do that and look at me and go, wow, this absolutely makes me feel like I can breathe better. I tell people absolutely, if we have a sense that it's some of those shoulder arousals or if they have a complaint that their nasal passages are not open or if they have that post-nasal drip, by all means, let's open up the airway. And the nose is the beginning of that along with their, our mouth. So that can be very, very helpful.
3: Yeah, and if your partner doesn't do it, then get earplugs. Those well, work, those little, those little silicone earplugs. <laughs> those have yeah. saved my life many times, I must say.
4: Also, those little white noise machines. Sometimes if there's some subtle sound, some people are very light sleepers. Those white noise machines actually have been studied to help harmonize the brain, help people kind of stay asleep and feel much more rejuvenated. But just like everything in the world, some people love them and some people don't. And if we can give it a trial for those things, that can be wonderful.
3: All right. I love they, they also have them. that you can have thunder and lightning and ocean and birds. I mean, they have it, all kinds of stuff that you, you know, it doesn't have to be just the white noise. It can be all kinds of sounds, which I think uh, I like the thunder, you know, the rain. The rain you do. Swings. You do. Everybody, I do. And this, what I love yeah. what you're
4: saying is you're personalizing it. You know what resonates with you. And that's such a big part of our health, our, our, well, our healing and that of our sleep, personalizing
3: it. Right. Now, I'd love to hear your, your view on this because we, we spoke about this a little bit in the other, um, the, the other uh, segments. Now, what do you think, what should we aim for for a good night's sleep? Some people say 7 to 8, some people sleep longer, some people sleep shorter. But is there an average that we should strive for?
4: Love that question. So what we do know for adults, and this is a focus thought on adults, is 7 to 9 hours of sleep. And everybody's a bit of an individual. But absolutely, we want to see after a teenage career, we definitely, I would say that we, many people on the studies have noted eight hours and 15 minutes to help people feel best during the daytime. I don't like giving an exact number because it makes us feel a little bit stressed and distressed to hit a number. Seven and nine is the thoughts that most people will say
3: yeah and is it true that it that the sleep before twelve does that make any difference that um, your sleep cycle, let's say from ten a. ten p m to six a m in um, each hour, someone had said you go to bed beyond beyond ten p m is like stealing two hours of your repair recovery time. do you Do you think that's true or does it really matter what time you go? I to
4: love bed? that that question um, for many reasons One, it taps into more of the world cultures of healing. Many people from a Chinese medicine oriental medicine type of uh, perspective. There's a lot of conversation that, indeed, that it's very much about calming the shin, as my friends have taught me. But here's from the Western medicine, that MD medicine that which I practice. There's reports, and people have written nice editorials saying, gosh, if you get to sleep early, you're more likely to sleep longer. And, indeed, that could be very helpful. And when we're up late watching TV, doing late-night drinking, all those things, those things tend to occur in the late hours. So if we get to bed earlier, it usually means that we're not doing other things. And we usually give ourselves more time
3: to sleep. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Now, another another uh, sleep issue that I hear a lot about, and I actually suffer from myself, I would get tired, let's say, at 10 or 11, and then I'd kind of fall asleep, you know, doing like, of course, watching television, you sort of fall asleep. And then you mm-hmm. wake up, and it's an hour later. And sometimes you think it's morning, and you go, oh, wow, I see. I must have had a really good night's sleep, and it's like a half hour. <laughs> it's like midnight. Um but then you have a problem going back to sleep. And there are others who wake up at 4 a.m. and they have a problem going back to sleep. You know, they go to sleep very well, but then at 4 o'clock in the morning and then they can't go back to sleep. How do you, what are your recommendations for, for both of those?
4: So um, a couple of things there. So in the middle of the day, we're anywhere from say 11 a.m. to about 3 p.m., we have a dip in our circadian. Circadian is a funny way of saying what is the energy boost that we get through the day. We get an energy boost late in the morning and we get another one sometime around 6, 7 p.m., depending on the individual. So if there's a little bit of a lull in the day, that's normal. But if we're sleepy, then we have to focus on how's it going on at night. In terms of that, you know, there is a lot of conversation about what is healthy sleep. Some of us want to be able to get to sleep, be somewhat unconscious, with no arousals whatsoever, and then pop up, bright-eyed, quote-unquote, bushy-tailed, ready for the day. So, what I would ask us, there's a lot of people written about it, saying, you know, over the ages, people might wake up for an hour in the middle of the night, and, you know, many different things can go on during that time then, and then basically get the second sleep. So, people talk about a first sleep and a second sleep. But let me just take a quick little tangent. Think about babies. Babies, why? They're lovely. What do they do? They roll over every 90 minutes. They might open up with their eyes. They might indeed, therefore, just kind of wet their lips, and they'll roll over. They don't know, for example, that they've woken up five, six times a night. But as, as humans, as we get older, we're more aware of what's going on. And therefore, what some of us like talking to a guy like me, and getting overly concerned about their sleep, we must think about being a teenager that gets asleep and stays asleep. And we often want to think about that, but we're less able to stay asleep as we get older. But it's okay to have arousals. Just don't pepper your brain thinking that it's wrong. It's an opportunity to roll over and get back to sleep the mindful technique sometimes can be very helpful.
3: Right. We're going to talk about some of those techniques in a minute. But I'm just curious to know your thoughts about um, sleeping pills, let's say. A lot of people depend on them. um, And alcohol, of course, before we go to bed, we talked about that in another segment. Um, And also there are a lot of natural sleeping pills that people are are taking. You can go to CVS or Rite Aid. You can find melatonin. You can find a whole array of non-narcotic sleeping pills. What are your thoughts on on sleeping pills in general, both um, prescription and non-prescription?
4: Yeah, such an important topic because, you know, many of us always say, gosh, you know, I don't like taking a pill. Obviously, prescription pills, many people like to avoid it. You know, when I went to my medical training, we talked about all the things that it does and potentially hurting the body. But one of the things I just want to say first and foremost, I think to look at somebody and say, you know, I know you're not sleeping, but good luck, try a bunch of lifestyle opportunities, but we're never going to go to a pill, I think that's pretty rough. And a real kind of cruel thought, what are they often mentioned to break a prisoner, what do they do? They sleep-deprived. They fragment a the person. So I really believe to help somebody, first and foremost, to get to sleep and stay asleep is such an important topic. Um, it doesn't have to, again, be you know, complete unconsciousness. And indeed, herbals can work. Some of the overcomers can work. And in those individuals that need it, whether it be short-term and in rare cases, longer-term, a sleep medicine can be very, very helpful. I would hate to throw out the baby with the
0: bathwater, as they say.
3: Yeah, and how about alcohol? Does that? I know sometimes it puts you to sleep, but then do you wake up. Then do you don't get the proper REM sleep. The, you know the, the deep sleep with that.
4: Oh, no, uh, what I learned was from the great researchers at Duke. Um, some of the lectures I've heard them um, give. This is where I lose a many friends, Jane. When I talk about alcohol, it's the number one way around the world that people try to fall asleep. Regrettably, the nightcap is not the best opportunity. Let me give you the the science of it, almost like the math of it. For every one drink you have, it helps you sleep for an hour, and then it makes your brain more awake for the second hour. So it affects your sleep for two hours. But that hour that's making you more likely to sleep, it's also muscle relaxant. So it might make snoring more likely to occur. And what did we talk about earlier? It might make apneas more likely to occur. Oh, boy. So what do we know? For every one drink you have, for the next two hours, you potentially would not be able to be in a place where you can get restorative sleep. And then you've got to multiply that by the number of drinks you have. So if you have two servings of, name your beer, wine, or spirit before bed, mm-hmm. that could last for up to four hours. Oh, wow. Therefore, right, that's all of a sudden a whoa. So it's not whether people should drink or not that I like to say. It's the amount and how close to bedtime. I like people to enjoy it earlier. I'm not saying drinking in the morning. But what I'm trying to say is can we just take a look at what time is our bedtime and when can we fit it into our life so it doesn't bump up against our sleep?
3: Yeah, that's, that's interesting because, as you said, most people think oh, I'm going to have a couple of drinks and then I'll sleep and then they don't really sleep. So what is the, the RAM? Do, do we, have, we have different cycles of sleep, but our deepest cycle, how long does that last for? Does that, is that the longest cycle? or you Because know, sometimes we don't sleep deeply. We sleep, but it's not a real deep sleep. Do we need all the cycles to go through to, to have a really good night's sleep?
4: So what we know is we can break it up into light sleep, deep sleep, and rapid eye movement famously called those yummy dreams. So let's think of, say, eight hours of sleep, just a convenient number. The first half of the night, we tend to do more deep sleep. second half of the night, we tend to do more dreams. Deep sleep is more the physical repair, and dreams are much more the mental and emotional soothing and repair that we go through. So the deep sleep as well as the dream sleep are those restorative um, aspects of helping us feel well during the day. And what we do see there is roughly anywhere from, you know, ten to twenty percent of our night would be in either that of the dreams and or the deep sleep. So in other words, sixty percent would be light sleep, ten to twenty percent would be deep, and then as you are asking, ten to twenty percent of your night would be those dreams.
3: Yeah, and those dreams are very. Sometimes you don't want to wake up from those dreams. <laughs> you're having a uh, yeah. great dream, and then you're going, wait a minute. And then you wake up going, wait a minute, I want to go back. And you never go back. You never can dream what you've just dreamt. <laughs> it you know, doesn't work are, like that.
4: There are some people that have cultivated. There's, Oh, gosh, if I, if I could just spend all the time reading about dreams, the research on this is so amazing. Some people can get back into it, but many of us, like you and me, boy, we just kind of think about how great it would be to get back into those
3: yeah. My dream is like going to the living at the, at the Canyon ranch, but that, that's, that's, that's ah. a dream. <laughs> that's, 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 I've said that to Jerry Cohen, just a little, just a little room there. Right. I could, I could just move there. Oh, um, you would love it. right. I'd love Well, I'd love it more. Um, but we're not only physical beings as you know doctor we're also emotional and spiritual and i know mm-hmm. that canyon ranch does honor these aspects of our health um and, and all of these affect our mind and body and influence our ability you know as we say to get sleep to stay asleep and and have energy during the daytime so you know let's let's address this uh you know we've mentioned it briefly let's address the emotional part and then we can talk a little bit about the spiritual part how do what should we think of in our mind to help us sleep
4: yeah, I, I, it's such an important topic, and rarely does it ever come up. And, Jane, thank you for so much for bringing this up. What I would say is that in terms of the first thing is many of us live a very buzzed life, right? We're in front of computer screens. We're getting so much blue light, which activates the brain, degrades melatonin. I mean, so our brains are so full. But let me tell you that I've heard people say, oh, it's really easy. Just think of nothing. You can fall asleep. Jane, I have no idea what that means. I'm a thinker, like many of us out there. So, among the things that I often notes is that we're so busy during the daytime. When do we really have a time to let our emotions and other ways of our thoughts to kind of get a chance to be thought out? So, I always love people, that's when people especially come here out to Canyon Ranch, is to really work with some of our lovely folks to develop a ritual. And what can we do to help keep a separation of the day that you just lived and the nighttime sleep that you're going to have? And what can we do to help set that up? And some people need to clear some of those thoughts, journaling, thinking through things. Some people not so much, but they need to soothe themselves. A warm shower before bed, which is lovely to have, help uh, set up deep sleep. So really helping us slow down our thoughts um, just before bed. What we do know: with emotions and dreams, a part of our brain goes online, and that's where we house our emotions. It's really interesting in dream research that we open up and we help release those emotions. And sometimes when we have those dreams that are not favorable, sometimes, you know, quote unquote, that bad dream, those are so important because it gets a concept conversation that during our conscious hours, we might not be aware of what's coming up, but unconsciously it now starts to spill over. And if we do not look at our emotions during the daytime, they will find us at night. They will find us in the middle of our dreams. So we
3: do need to honor those. Right. No, they will find us. That's for sure. And usually, at four a m when you wake up and go, yeah. "Wait a minute <laughs> you know? and then it 's yeah. hard and then but it 's interesting, doctor. so when you wake up at four a m the, the worst thoughts and then you know then you can go back and when, when you finally go back to sleep, and then you wake up in the morning they 're not as bad, but somehow everything gets so so much more when you when because it 's quiet and and your your mind is just there and and it has all kinds of you know it can roam freely and, and that's when the thoughts tend to get even worse. And then of course, as I said, when you wake up, they're a little bit easier, but um, so I guess that we should, we should do, we should do your, your, um, your suggestions because they're, they will, they will help us uh, sleep. And, and I think uh, wh- why don't you, if you would give us your, your basic uh, when your patients come to you, what are some basic rules for sleep that um, you can share with us?
4: Oh, it's so lovely to be able to talk about that and to help people adapt it to their life and put it into that opportunity for them. For more or less, what we do know is that if people are looking to help them be, quote-unquote, better sleepers, here it is. We can't always force ourselves to go to bed, but we can force ourselves to wake up. I know that, again, it's not a favorable thought always, but why? Because then we're going to get our bodies into more of a ritual of at least getting tired enough then there in the daytime so we're sleepy enough to go to bed. So if we're trying to help ourselves get some better sleep, have a set wake-up time. Now, if we need to vary it, maybe by an hour or so. We talked about alcohol, but even caffeine, we, want, we don't want those too close to bedtime. So timing some of those caffeine and alcohol sessions in our life. Another one that I wish for people to do, again, is in the evening hours, dim the lights, get away from the screens, the blue light from our screens helps activate our brain, it wakes us up, so whatever we can do to help us get away from that. Once we're not asleep, and like you were mentioning, say you wake up, what should you do? I, I, I love this question. So some people sometimes will say, oh, I'm going to force myself and stay asleep, uh, meaning stay in bed and hopefully I'll fall asleep. And then other people say, well, I just might as well get up and do some work. What I ask people to do is this. If you are laying in bed for 20 minutes or longer and you can't get back to sleep, what I ask people to do is get out of bed. Why? Because we know otherwise you're going to associate thinking, worrying, perseverating while you're laying in bed. That is for two things, for sleep and for intimacy, and that's it. But we don't want people going to the computers and the TV because that's going to jazz and wire the brain. So we want people to find something, part of a ritual, that can soothe them. Maybe reading under a gentle light, listening to music, maybe doing some gentle stretching yoga, finding something that's soothing, because those, again, are the hours that we want to be relaxed, not to get up and start cleaning the house, writing a report, or checking emails and
3: whatnot. Mm-hmm. You are the nicest doctor. I tell you something, I wish all doctors were like you, quite frankly. Uh, It would would make it easier to go to the doctor. I'd never go, I don't, you know, doctors, I'm afraid of doctors. I have white coat syndrome, even on a butcher, you know, my my pulse raises. Yes, yes. But if all doctors were like you, I would be fine with them. So, so uh, doctor, thank you so much for being with us. You know, I have a a little notepad in front of me that I I write on. It's Canyon Ranch, from the Canyon Ranch, actually, from my visit there a few months ago, and it says under it the power of possibility. So, you know, you have given us the the power to sleep and thank you so much for that now tell our listeners where they can find you in the program
4: uh, absolutely we're over here in Tucson uh, up against the Sabino Mountain area a Canyon Ranch um, just a lovely place a little slice of paradise over here
3: it's beautiful and the one in Lenox Mass also is lovely that's oh, great. Lenox
4: is absolutely adorable up there and the great uh, Berkshire um, area absolutely a, a place that everybody could probably feel a lot more soothed and soothing
3: that's true. I see. I'm, I'll, I'll take either. I'll take my little studio apartment <laughs> at either, either of the, either of those places. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much for being with us. I'll have to see you the next time I'm in Tucson. Um, and that's our show, everyone. Thank you again, doctor. Thank you, Lori, as always. And thank you all for listening. This is Jane Wilkins Michael. I will see you next week. Until then, be wise, be well, be better than before.
2: Have a question for Jane and want to be on the next Better Than Before show?